Hey everyone, one. <clears throat> Try that again. I do that all the time, man. All the time. I, you, first five seconds. It's like, it's like blah, blah. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Financing Simplified Podcast. Once again, we're going to be back with Mira Armani, realtor, and honestly, the best part of this conversation. First, before we get into it, Mario, introduce yourself. Mario Armani, been a real estate agent now, 19 and a half years, opened up my own brokerage five years now in January of next year, and I just love educating buyers and sellers. I'm always honest about everything I do. Kind of weird saying, hearing a realtor say that they're honest because they all say it and none of them, it's not really true. I don't think a lot of them mean it, but. Yes, they say because it it's one of those things that they have to hear, but at the end of the day, I truly look after my clients and I want to make sure that they're getting the correct information and not just what they want to hear. Absolutely, and I believe the financial literacy part is very, very important in this day and age. And actually that brings us into the full segue. Uh, if you haven't seen the last episode, where we're talking, make sure to check that out. But I want to go through some of the real hard truth, the, the, the real crap that nobody is really talking about in this day and age. And, you know, there are so many hard truths that are, people need to hear. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you were saying uh, that you've had some personal situations where, you know, you're listing these properties. But out of all these listings, what's happening with the buyer side of it? What are they buying again? Are you sure you want to allow me to speak freely? I want, I want <laughs> brutal. Listen. The idea here is, is I, we try to be as honest as possible. There's no, this is why we have a podcast because this is where you can Anthony, be brutally honest. you're always going to get the brutal truth from me. And, uh, I really truly feel that this market, it's going to teach a lot of us, a lot of brutal lessons. And unfortunately people were cowboys. They took way too many unnecessary risks and they were just doing things in a way that just made no sense. As a perfect example, because you've been in, in the real estate industry a long time, real estate is a long-term play. There were so many people, and I know that you can attest to this because you are doing their mortgages, so you know at the back end. They're basically buying properties and flipping them every two or three years. So they would, like, I, I know this because a lot of my clients, they bought properties, even though I said, this is not a good property, don't buy. Oh, I'll just sell it in two years. But how do you know in two years that property is going to go up? So the last 10 years, realistically, we've been spoiled by these double-digit returns. We've been really spoiled. Low interest rates, uh, lack of financial literacy, brokers willing to do a deal just to make a buck. Not having the conversation with the client say, well, you're buying a pre-construction condo. We just had a developer on here and we were talking about this. And I'm like, you can go in there and buy as many condos as they let you buy because you're like, oh, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to do yeah. this. And I always tell clients, I said, look, you know, what happens if interest rates go up? What happens if you can't afford to close? What happens if you lose your job? Like, like, and we are starting to see with, and I'm sure you can attest this as well, is with assignment sales, people are trying to get themselves out of all these properties that they buy. Now, obviously, some of them can close, some of them can't. It's called a spade a spade. People that over leveraged, you know what? It's they're gonna have a hard time. They're gonna have a hard time. It's 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 going to be a problem. But why did nobody sit there and tell them, say, like, you know, like, and, and I probably lost in deals that clients walked away to find somebody that's going to say, yeah, I call them the yes brokers, they, whatever you want. They're paper pushers. When we start dissecting a deal, when you're looking at them, you're, you're looking at it going, okay, your leverage, your ratios are really high. This is going to be a problem. If interest rates go up 1%, I got to qualify you now at the new MQ, uh, MQR, the new stress test rule, you're not going to qualify. You're going to have to come up with the money. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to figure it out. No, I want to know how you're going to figure this sure. out. Tell me, because realistically, we need to figure it out. Just because I'm giving you a pre-approval. Because you're on the hook after, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, you're worried about your reputation, which is very important. And you're also, you also care about these people. And, and Anthony, I'm so glad that you're touching on this because 
I've also lost many deals because I tell people this is a bad property and I'm not just trying to like get them to buy whatever I want. It's just, I know that it's going to be a bad idea or the property. It's, it's just, I always say it. If you get a mortgage approval, you have a down payment, you can buy anything. The problem is, is that down the line, when you go to sell that property, that's when you're going to notice if you made a great investment or not, depending on how well you did with it. So it just upsets me that people like you, people like me, we lose deals because we're really trying to help people and they don't see it. They just don't see it. We're only as good as our last transaction. At the end of the day, if the client made their mistake, we can do our best to disclose. We tell our clients to sign, like, oh, you want a variable rate? You sure? This is what happens. This is what this, this is adjustable. This is fit. Are you sure? You sure? You sure? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You're signing the disclosure document. You can't come back to me and say, I didn't tell you that this was going to happen. I told you, you said you want the extra 40 basis points off the rate because it's cheaper when rates were dirt cheap and you can get a variable for like almost a full percentage point, 1%, 1.5, you know what I mean? And everything else was at two. That's what you're paying for. You're now you're now, now you're there. Sign the disclosure. We disclose everything to our client and they have really ideas not to say like we told you. So we're never going to tell a client that ever. But you're going to say, look, we had this conversation. These are my notes. I've documented this. We've had this conversation. And they'll be, and, and I hear people, because we'll hear clients, they'll come to us and say, oh, that broker was really shit. He did. I'm like, what made him shit? Tell me. I want to know what. Because you want to learn also, right? If they did something bad, you want to make sure that you're not doing those same things, right? And we're never throwing anybody under the bus. Even if somebody says that realtor did this, that, I'm like, ouch, okay. But like, I don't know. I'm only hearing one side of the story. This is this is where we're always going to yield a little bit and say, okay, why did that broker put you in with Home Trust? What was the reason behind it? What was happening at that time? Oh, I don't know what happened at that time. And then you pull the credit and you start to get a little bit of the story. You start to look at the income. You're, you're understanding some of And Home Trust, for those who don't know, it's an equity lender. In the defense of any client, the thing is, is that there's a lot of people, and I'm sure you've seen this, they're, they're sheep in wolf's clothing. That's what I call them. They're smooth talkers. They'll convince you into something. And some people, they just trust. And it sucks because... Those people get burned and then next go around it, they get a professional like yourself or myself and they doubt everything that we say. I'm sure that's happened to you tons of times where you're actually doing a great job. Meanwhile, they came to you from being screwed over and they're literally questioning everything you're saying, but it's just not their fault. So I kind of want to defend these people. Absolutely. It's like a bad breakup. It's like a bad yes. You're going in there with those scars yes. and emotional baggage. Just, I totally understand. I this say it all the time. You just need to do your research. You just need to ask the right questions. Like if you like, why are you using this realtor? Because you've seen their sign in the area or because he's a family friend or, or somebody that you know, it's business. It could affect you negatively for the rest of your life. So why aren't you doing your research to make sure that everything is okay? And for some reason, the majority of the public don't do their research. No, like we're in an, we're in an industry now where it's a lot cooler to seem like, you know what you're doing because on social media, everybody can fool anybody. So as long as you have some pretty cool videos and pretty cool marketing pictures, you know, you're, you're sitting in front of a $10 million house with a Ferrari and you're just looking and posing great. That guy must know what he's doing. Meanwhile, the guy's an idiot and doesn't know anything. But that's the culture and it's never going to change. If not, it'll get worse. It's the fake yeah. it till you make it mentality. And I think, unfortunately... So how, how do you two combat that? Fake it till you make it. Because that's right now in your okay. industry. Big time. So if, since we're being brutally honest... When I got into this industry, I am the type of person that I literally shadowed uh, 
my mother who was the principal broker, right? And she's like, look, I need help. So I started with the administrative stuff, never fed a deal, but just literally listened to the conversation because I figured I'm a, I'm an industry guy. I want our industry to do well. If our industry as a mortgage broker channel does well, we all do well. If we can take Absolutely. that dominance away from the banks, which we need, but obviously it's the care, it's the attention to detail that you're going to get. And most of the times people always ask you and say, look, what's the difference between me dealing with a broker and me dealing with a bank? And I'm like, there's a lot of differences. And, you know, you'll go through them saying, you know, obviously we're going to give you the service. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to guide you through the process. Uh, and most importantly, it's 10 o'clock at night and we're having this conversation because yeah. you would not be getting this call with your bank. Right. So when it's that customized service that we bring to the table. But how do you combat it? I, it's really hard to combat people that don't interview their broker they don't do the due diligence it's the biggest purchase in your life you're making the biggest financial yeah. decision and you're leaving it almost to chance i'm like yeah. this is this is why it's like look at their google rating look at their history f follow them it's like everybody does it like i always say this people will do more research on what they're about to have for dinner than what they're going to do when they go to hire a, a you know an it's individual a, it's a peculiar thing i scratch my head so often, um, sometimes on social media, I will refrain from, let's say, continuing to say something. That's why I kind of admire, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Gary Vee, and then I kind of like him sometimes. I go through like spurts, but the guy's a broken record. He's always saying the same thing. And I kind of figured out why, because people don't listen. So it's like if he's saying the same thing, it's because he wants people to understand his point. And I feel sometimes that I'm the same way where I tell people, interview a few realtors, you know what I mean? Ask them the right questions, see which one is going to be the best one for you. And it just gets to the point where I feel like I'm being so repetitive that like I want to stop giving the message. And then I kind of say, well, people need to really know this. So I keep on doing it. Right. So it, it, it's really important. And I think, as I said, like when I were having this conversation, I've had this conversation on multiple levels about knowing the person that you're working with. How many deals have they seen? Like, I listen, not to throw the new person. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to say. Listen, if you're new, you're getting in the industry. It's tough. We were it's, all there. We were all. We were, we all, were there. all there. And I'm not saying that you can't give the headway to someone new, but how many deals have they seen? How many transactions and situations have they gone through that's given them the experience level to be where they are today? And I can tell you, with all honesty, it's tens of thousands of deals that you have to run through and you're like oh i've dealt with this before i've dealt with that before and it boggles my mind muriel listen when someone calls you it's like i've and i've and i've sometimes talked to other brokers not like they don't know i'm a broker and you always just ask them a question be like oh I, I don't know i'll get back to you on that and i'm like that's a very simple question like you should be able to answer that or you know what but there's this, no this? substitute for experience anthony i'm sure that like for example you can read things in a book but unless they actually happen to you and unless you see them firsthand and just have navigated through that. You know what I mean? That's why, for example, like in sports, right? There's like so many stats and the stats are important because that is going to determine how that player is going to react in those situations. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the same thing with what Formula. we do. Exactly. It's the same thing with what we do. Getting back to what we talked about in the previous, uh, in the previous podcast, at the end of the day, you, if it's the perfect transaction, everything is easy. But when things kind of change and you have to pivot and you have to do something different, that when, that's when you're going to notice the great realtor, the great mortgage broker, the great mm. contractor, whatever it is, right? Everything. Now, 
on our topic of hard truths, where do you think the market is actually headed? I know we can't answer this. Nobody has a crystal ball, but yes. based on the experience level from someone that's been in the industry and obviously seeing what's happening with clients and obviously for my end, I'll, uh, I'll share as well. What do you think uh, we're in for right now for the next little while? Um, I don't think it's going to be positive. Um, there is a lot of talk that interest rates are going to go up once again in 2023. Um, unfortunately, why it's so hard to predict because is because the government, just to stimulate the market, they can lower interest rates just like that, just because they want the market to keep going. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the Canadian economy highly relies on construction and real estate. People go ahead, they take their homes with the profit, the equity, they refinance, flood the market with more money. I just think that going long term, people will not be able to afford real estate in the current model that we're in. I have a belief that we are going to continue seeing higher amortizations, 40, 50, 60 years. These debts, like for example, when grandparents, parents pass away, they would leave their kids their house. People are going to leave kids their mortgage. Mm-hmm. that's where I feel it's going because the cost of living is so high that people will not be able to make ends meet. And it's just, even rent is tough. Forget about owning, just renting nowadays is very, very difficult. So unless there's some type of a shift and it's going to happen, why? Because at the end of the day, we have to keep the machine going. So the only way to do that is for them to change the system. And what's going to happen when that happens again People are going to have more accessible income. When they have more accessible income, what happens? Same thing that happened in 2020 when the pandemic hit. When the rates went down, they had more accessible income. Prices shot up, right? So long term, I think the real estate is always going to be a great play. Short term, I think the market is going to continue going down. So if you're a seller and you're watching this and you're thinking about potentially selling, do it sooner rather than later. You know the old saying, bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Yeah. The thing is, is that, going forward next year, we don't really know where it's going to go. I personally think we might start seeing a little bit of an uptick near the end of the year if they do lower rates. And again, guys, if you're watching this, don't think that when I say lower rates, they're going to lower it from the six and a half or something that that it's at right now to 3%. They're going to probably start lowering it quarter of a point. And by the time we see 3%, it may be two or three years by the time we see 3% again. When you look at it and say, okay, you're at this point in your variable with a major discount, what is the current variable rate discount offered right now? It doesn't exist what you have. So if you were getting the prime minus one, 120, 130, 1%, 30 basis point off. So a full discount, that doesn't exist anymore. But then you're looking at the comparison of the fixed rate and where it is right now. And if you're not far enough off, like if you're like 20 basis point, you start running the numbers. You're, yes, you're telling the client, look, this is your numbers right now. We did this on a constant basis, running the comps. This is what the variable rate is, what your fixed rate is. Um, what is your budget? How much can you tolerate? That is the question that's going to come out of our mouths, is where are you in this journey? If you're planning on staying in this home for a long period of time and the client comes to me and says, Ant, I'm here. For, this is my forever home. Lock. What are you waiting for? Oh, but we're here in a condo. I'm having a kid. We don't know if we're going to sell. The bank's offering me to lock in for five years at this rate. What's that penalty going to look like? Crazy. Because here's the reality. Rates will come down. Eventually, they will come down. What is that penalty going to look like as opposed to you weathering the storm? Because literally, sometimes you're running the math. A quarter percent on a small mortgage is $30 to $60. 
Maybe it's a hundred, maybe it's a hundred to two hundred dollars. People don't realize some of these penalties are like thirty, forty thousand dollars. But this is what yeah. I said to my clients. I said, look at your look at the cost of going to variable versus a fixed. If the rate goes up 50 basis points on your mortgage, this is why it's important to have a conversation, not in general, but per client, per individual. Yes. Your mortgage goes up 50 basis points. This is what your new payment is gonna look like. This is what it's gonna potentially cost you in the penalty. Understanding those differences are going to make a life change. And when you sit down and say a client has two hundred thousand dollar mortgage and they're they're a 50 basis point increase doesn't work out too much for them. And they're like, that's it. That's that's what I got a stomach to be in a three month penalty contract. It was just it was just a a terrible, a terrible environment terrible. in general. Um I threw mortgage brokers under the bus. I'm gonna throw realtors under the bus because I feel a lot of realtors, they were just throwing money and Oh, give an extra 50,000, give an extra 100,000, not giving a shit 100%. what happened. And I, I personally know a lot of mortgage brokers that had to bail out a lot of clients because the house didn't appraise for what they bought it for. Like there was a lot of problems. This is why I'm saying that I think that this current situation that we're in right now, it's going to teach a lot of us a lot of things. The yeah. truth of the matter is, is that I feel a lot of people are still not going to learn. That's the, that's the our, terrible our, part. Our, our vision, our, our tunnel vision kicks in. We have like yes. a memory span of a, a six months sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. <laughs> You're right. Because You're right. I, I think out of this lesson, like I do my videos. I don't even, except for recently, it's like I don't even do variable remortgages anymore. I'm like, you don't even talk about variable remortgages. Sure. To me, they're dead unless there's a specific scenario in which the client needs that option because there's no point in giving someone that option at the current Now, that comes up to the point where a lot more people are looking at the, because the fixed rates have gone up so high, they're almost in parallel with variable rate mortgages right now. So clients are going to have a lot of options out of them. Uh, but I'm getting those calls. And I think rates are going to come down. I'm like, what makes you so certain? Like, I know they are, but the, like eventually, I shouldn't say that. I, I think they are. If history repeats themselves, eventually the Bank of Canada will have to reduce rates because they need to stimulate the economy. It's the only lever they have. It's, it's, it's the only play. It's the only play. We after after you after you get to restrictive territory with the policy rate, the problem is we have is, to wait it out. We have to wait it out. It's going to ride, and then it's going to. But it's not going. I always tell people it's not going to come down as fast as it went up. It's as fast as it could potentially come down. It could be eleven times so another I'm, year, two years before we see those rates. I go. threw mortgage brokers under the bus. I threw realtors under the bus. Now I'm going to throw the government and the entire system under the bus. I feel that people got screwed, like. I understand rates went up. You could have locked in. So I'll throw this scenario at you. Let's say somebody went ahead, COVID, they got a great rate. Let's just even say 2%. I know that a lot of people got less, but let's just say 2%. Mm -hmm. Signed a five-year fixed. They got to go renew. They took out a whatever mortgage, 800,000, 600,000, whatever it is. All of a sudden, five years later, they're renewing at 6%, 5.5%. I understand that there's a risk. I understand there's a risk. I understand that things can go up and down, but is it really fair? Like, I understand there's going to be a little bit of variance, one, two percent. The stress test was put in place to kind of make that variance buffer that. Yes, just to make it understandable, acceptable, all that. But now, when you go from two percent to six percent, how is it fair now that I could totally understand if they said everybody who has a brand new mortgage, you're going to have to qualify at this rate. But if you are refinancing a mortgage, why aren't they offering these people some type of a discount? Because if you 
actually obtained a mortgage. Like I'm talking about ways to fix problems, not just to kill the economy and kill anybody. Cause I truly believe that if they wanted, they being the government, if the government wanted to really help, there's options to help people. So you get a brand new mortgage, your rate is whatever it is, six and a half, seven percent that's your rate. But if you're refinancing and that's in the sense of like your mortgage is coming up for renewal, you have to refinance, you're killing people. Like these people never expected from 2% to go to 6%. I could understand going from two to four, two to four and a half. I get it. But two to six. So they, they literally killed everybody. They so did. this is a problem where everybody fucked up. I, I believe everybody, everybody did. And I'm going to start with the Bank of Canada. To be honest with you, I... In a big way, yes, they created the problem. I don't understand how our governor of the Bank of Canada comes out and says, we're going to keep interest rates low for long. That alone was the biggest faux pas, the biggest oh. fuck up that they could have possibly have done. To, because that just gave everybody the ammunition to go out everybody there and had blow confidence. their brain. Because he said it. If you're taking on them, I'm like... If you were cautious, and especially as someone who's the leader of the central bank, to come out and say, look, we're going to monitor the situation. Right now, the economy requires us to drop interest rates to continuously spur the economy. But eventually, if we start to notice things are breaking, we are going to have to revert back to higher interest rates. So, caution. Don't throw it into the wind. Be cautious. Then you have the interconnection between the government, the stimulus that they just threw blanket checks at everybody, 16-year-old kids, people in prison getting $2,000 checks. Whoa, okay, now that's another problem. It's literally the simplest economic. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize nope. the more money is in the economy, the more things will eventually start to cost. Going back to what I said, everybody was spoiled. We were, and that's yeah. the thing. Interest rates were down. Economy, real estate only does one thing. In the long run, I still believe that statement. In the short term, it's not a short-term play. No. But the the I there is a lot of blame to be put on the government. And the fact that they failed, not just this current administration, but previous administrations. The housing problem in this country is not a eight-year-old problem. It's a three-decade-year-old problem that we just weren't producing enough homes to keep up with the existing amount of people in the country. We have super lax money laundering legislation here. We're allowing foreign entities, and I believe it's a small percentage that we know of, but if you look at statistics, you look at people in Vancouver, they own $4 million homes with $15,000 incomes and all under a corporation because there's the guys in the protection of that. Uh, you know, There's a lot of sinister shit at play, I just think the government doesn't want to fix housing. That's exactly what I said. If they wanted to make a solution, they would have one. So, Mario, where do we find you? Instagram, ArmaniSells.ca, TikTok, ArmaniSells, and uh, DM me anytime. And you'll find us on our website, on Instagram, on social, YouTube. We're all over at In Touch Mortgages. And thanks again for watching. Mario, thanks again for being on. Thank and we'll see you next week.